1: Hello
2: everybody, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dan Selke of winterscoming.net here with Daniel Roman, also of winterscoming.net, and this is Take the Black, the one and only show on the internet where we talk about things that the rest of the lamestream media, trademark, will not talk about, like television movies sci-fi fantasy specifically right now house of the dragon the giant big game of thrones people show tearing up the airwaves and the streaming waves as well as the lord of the rings the rings of power coming out in a cup like tomorrow or the next day two big fantasy shows enter the arena and probably two big fantasy shows leave but boy it's going to be a spectacular battle while it happens daniel where's
1: your mind at these days vis-a-vis this that and the other I mean, my mind is split between Middle Earth and Westeros. I don't know what even is life anymore. I think there's grass outside and sunlight. I haven't seen them in a while. So, uh, yeah, generally very excited, inundated with good stuff. And psyched to talk about, you know, rings of power today. How about you, Dan? Where are you at? How you feel? What's good? We are going to give you guys, by the way, thanks
2: for coming. Thanks. Uh, hello, Kathleen. Hello, Joanne. Welcome all. Welcome, one. Hope you enjoy the show today. We are going to talk about um, our impressions of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, because we have seen the first two episodes. And yes. you have not seen what we have seen, as Claudio might say. And we're going to get oh. into it, right? And um, we're going to break yeah. it down. But first, let's go over some of the latest dispatches from Westeros. Because, I mean, Daniel, it feels like it never kind of stopped. Like, we're watching a new Game of Thrones yeah. show. It's a, it's a very big hit. Um, frankly, it's... It is. Okay, so I'll, I'm going to lay out a couple of facts, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So, House of the Dragon has been out for two weeks. And I think the, the premiere broke HBO premiere ratings. The second episode, the ratings actually went up up which I want to stress yeah. how rare that is for any show. Usually a new show, you watch the premiere and then people, you know, like you watch for the novelty or whatever, and then it goes down afterwards and then it builds up back up slowly if it's good. But right out of the gate, ah, people watch the first one in record numbers, turn into the second one in higher numbers. That's just very, very rare. Honestly, the show is doing better than I expected. And I run a Game of Thrones fan site
1: and I'm happy they renewed it for season yeah. two, like a couple of days afterward. Yeah, totally. It's it's crazy to see it ramp up like that. I am predicting right now, today, officially, that next week is going to be even bigger. We'll see how that goes.
2: I'm going to say no. Just cause, Okay, I want to be the best person in the room. I think it's important. I think it's a good role. I think it's a role that I can do very well. Place your bets. I'm going to say that because the last one was a little sleepier, it, there's gonna be a bit of a drop off. I think overall, the way it's going, it's gonna be a huge success. It's I hope the new yeah. for season three, just like give that a, a thing ahead of time. But um yeah, I'm just gonna say that that I I I think it'll drop a little bit just to, to prove it's human. Okay. I mean, we don't wanna be in yeah. an uncanny valley situation where we're faced with a show that's just unstoppable kind of Terminator thing. That'd be creepy, but no, we're going to have a normal show that is just performing at a very, very high level. It's just been so heartening to see it do so well. People do love dragons, Martha. I agree. And Julie loves Millie Alcock and not looking forward to the changeover. Hoping Emma Darcy can continue the good work Millie has done. That is a good point because as we know, yeah, Millie Alcock and Emily Carey are currently holding this show on their shoulders as Rhaenyra and Alison and It's kind of weird because the marketing was all about the older actors, Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook, But Mm -hmm. I feel like they didn't really put the younger actors out in front much. And it might backfire because it it feels like people have really liked them, especially Millie Alcock has been kind of a cause célèbre, a bit of a a new Maisie Williams, new Sophie Turner, a new young actor to celebrate and gawk at and follow on Instagram. It is going to be hard. When they switch over, I bet, well, I, I wanted to be people who were like, bring back Millie, bring back Millie, stuff like that. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I bet that's going to happen. I, I think out of everything that, you know, all of the kind of chess pieces on the board right now for House of the Dragon, that's the one I'm most curious about seeing people's reactions to is the switch to the new actors. I bet there's going to be like a period of mourning there because it is almost like, we'll like we'll be losing those characters, even though it's going to be just the same characters. But the mm. the portrayal is going to be different. It's going to be different actors. We found out one thing. I, I think this week that Emily Carey talked about how or no, I guess it was Millie Alcock said they adv- were advised <laughs> not to meet. So Emma Darcy and Millie Alcock never met to discuss Renira. same for Emily Carey and like. Olivia cook. That's an interesting choice. And like, it's a stupid choice a, is what it is. You, yeah. I mean, jury's out. I, I cannot wait until we can discuss the, the older actors. Cause yeah, the marketing was a little weird. I didn't expect to love Millie Alcock and Emily Carey in those roles as much as I did from the marketing. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're definitely um, they have fans, lots of fans.
2: Um and of course thanks for all the comments but we got LCH Jeremy I agree Emma does have big shoes to fill and um yeah. I mean yeah LCH Jeremy I, mean, I get it he didn't want the performances to influence each other but I don't know speaking as not as a non-director I mean yeah more <laughs> or less yeah, I would think it would be appropriate, at least like get some of your mannerisms in line with each other, so it doesn't look like a different character. But you know what do I know? I'm a non professional. I have great ideas. Like I had ideas to um not have the intro credits be as bland as they are, and maybe have some tapestry or something. Which Daniel said was a good idea. We have it on tape. I did. It ha- that happens because those intro credits. What do you guys think? Because now. We had a little AMA thing yesterday, but that was kind of a surprise video. I want to know what you guys think who are watching. What do you think of the new credit sequence where it's the same Game of Thrones theme song? But instead of a map where we fly over the areas we're going to visit in the episode, it is rivulets of blood running through a, I mean, basically, I think that model of Valyria that King Viserys is building mm-hmm. in his um, man cave, not unlike your dad will build his model train sets or play with uh, MechWarrior. Um, and they kind of flow through it. And apparently it's about the Targaryen lineage. I'm not a giant yes. fan of it. Because I think it's not as colorful as the old opening. It's not as useful. It's not really showing us anything that, we're, that we can really use that episode or in general. And I think the actual meaning behind it, where it's kind of tracing the Targaryens down the generations is not terribly clear just by watching it. You can go and find out that each CR represents a different person yeah. in the Targaryen family. And the blood is like, you know, the bloodline to their next descendant. But um, mm-hmm. I would not know that if there were people breaking it down. Whereas game of Thrones, I loved that it. it was so immediate and you just kind of knew what you were looking at. And then it was helpful to you. Honestly, my yeah. vote is either go st- keep the same song and go back to the map thing. Cause there's still going to be stuff. We're going to go We'll, we'll, we'll be over the map or just something completely new. That's my
1: vote. I'm not a giant fan of the half measure. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, let us know what you think in the comments. I, so I, it took me a while to warm up to it. I don't love that. They reuse the game of Thrones theme song. I think that feels a little exploitative to me, even though I can understand why they would make that call because it's so iconic. We all yeah, still walk around it. humming it, whatever the, the nuances with the opening and it, it's a i don't want to say it's a more of a metaphorical opening but like <laughs> this idea of it showing how the the blood of old valyria carried on through aegon and then down through the targaryen lineage i totally agree with you that that's like to the casual viewer you will get the idea of that maybe mm-hmm. possibly by watching it But like so many of those characters are hardly going to be mentioned, you know, like like Anus, Anus Targaryen, who has a funny sounding name, even though it's spelled differently. Is Anus Targaryen on there? Yes, he's. Oh, yeah. He is the the third sigil that's shown, or I guess technically the fourth, because there's Aegon and then there's Aegon's two sisters and then Uh there's Anus, who was the. (laughs) second king of Westeros. And he was a bad king um, who had a big gaudy golden crown. We can't forget about Anus Targaryen. Yeah. So I, I feel like the intro, you know, having practical intros is not a normal demand of a television show. It's just because Game of Thrones did it that we want it. Most shows have something much more like what we got. That's true. What we got, I didn't love. Like so, some good comments.
2: Like Julie, I agree with you. But yeah, I, I, I did. I like it. It's just not up to par with what we had before. And um, let's see. And I I I, I get what Urtech is saying over on the YouTube. That with theme music, they do the same math and magic with Star Wars movies. Yeah, where they're trying to like yeah. kind of get this iconic song here over and over. I don't mind the song. I, I just I just didn't love the visuals. And someone said they would have liked to hear a slight variation on the song the exact same score agree with that too and finally yes yeah, did they skip Magor as jay says i think they like yes kind of purposely went around him because because c- Magor didn't have progeny
1: right correct yeah and Magor also usurped the throne so it in the shot where you see reina Rainis, and visenya's crests visenya's right. is kind of off to the side and Magor was visenya's child And then yeah, Magor basically usurped the throne from Anus's children, was real (laughs) awful and did a bunch of bad stuff, took like nine wives, blamed all his nine wives for the fact that he couldn't have children. And then the crown passed back to, I believe, Jaharis was the next one after Magor. And Jaharis had lots of kids, which is probably the clearest the clearest one on the on the whole graphic is Jaharis, because it's just the spread of like nine different bloodstreams because that's how many live to be adults it's important so, for yeah, I, start. It's, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting opening but it feels like a half measure because they kept the it. song i wish they'd used a different song
2: i like someone else uh suggested a a um like a like a family tree i would dug yeah. that too i mean that's basically what they did but no they didn't it's like you can't tell i, <laughs> I couldn't tell what it is Blood going through a scale model of Valyria is not a family tree, just those different ways. We also, I wanted to bring up briefly... But uh, we went viral today, everybody. We did. We trended on Twitter. We 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 got red wedding trending on Twitter because and the the little quick story for you. On Sunday, I was trying to get responses for our AMA thing we did yesterday, like ask us anything. And I just I put up a question mm-hmm. like, "What was more upsetting? What was upsetting? The red wedding or uh, the Emma Aaron's birth scene?" And I mean, I know it's not a fully equivalent thing, but that's kind of the fun of a question like that, like putting two discordant yeah. things in there and see what happens. Totally. And it got a lot of responses. And then right wing provocateur and shitbag Ben Shapiro retweeted us <laughs> and called us very stupid, called the question very stupid, which is his, you know, oh, the, the dumbest question ever here, which is his whole thing. You allowed kind of,
1: to their opinions. No, they're not.
2: Um, when, I mean, of course we are, but, uh, you know, his whole thing is kind of taking a, any issue and how can I use it to get people e- yelling at each other? So, but it really signal boosted it and we got tons and tons of responses and it was, just, it's been fun. It's been fun to, uh, to go viral and just see the stuff rolling in. And, um, yeah. most people were very uh, thoughtful when responding, but some of them were mostly. I'm going to guess old Benny's followers were a little angry that we would dare ask this question. And people when people are like, "How could you ask that question?" Report it. Like you reported us for asking <laughs> which of these scenes have set you more. I liked that one. I usually don't engage with stuff, but that one I was like,
1: "That's <laughs> that's that, fun. That's, that's pretty good." I didn't see that one. That that's there were a lot. How dare how dare you invoke the name of the red wedding for int- for what engagement? blaspheme really upset people. Several folk did say, how dare you? Which,
2: you know, makes sense. But okay. Anything else about House of the Dragon, Dan, before I move on? I think we hit on
1: the biggest things. Uh, Carice Van Hooten, who played Melisandre, shared something on Instagram, just basically reminding fans that she is still alive. Melisandre is alive during this time period because Mm -hmm. she is real old. She's feasibly the only Game of Thrones character who could appear. Would we want her to? Would you want to see a Melisandre? It'd have to be a cameo. It couldn't be anything major i'm generally
2: against like even little joke things but no not really i mean if there is a way to do it naturally sure but i can't imagine them a finding a convincing way to fold melisandre into the events of the dance of the dragons and b like having it not feel um gratuitous and just for fun and kicks if they find a way and she's like in the background of saying if for some reason you know what okay here we go damon and I shouldn't spoil at one point Damon and a new um, nice. bell take a, like a, a trip to Essos. So I think they might go to Volantis. Okay. Maybe they pass her on the street.
1: Yeah. That'd be cool. One of them drops a can and she picks it up and hands it back. And that's the beginning <laughs> of her loop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Sandra is, 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 is anti-litter yep. and is helping to script with
1: Volantis.
2: Or, like Damon right. um, unwraps a wrapper, puts it on the floor and picks it up and it's like, don't litter and just like is get really angry about it. Like, cause 200 years ago she was really into this. Like, we don't know, but we're yeah. going to find out, but she was very much about the earth and stuff.
1: The Lord of light hates the littering. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Um, yeah. I don't know if I wanted after the, after house of the dragon using the Game of Thrones theme in a way that felt slightly exploitative to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not confident enough in their Easter eggage that I would want Melisandre to show up at this point. I
2: mean, I do wonder if like the edict to use the old song was part of HBO's notes not so much um, the creative choice they would have made. Because, I mean, Ramin Djawadi I see that. is a talented guy. Like, I'm sure he has enough ideas to make a new theme song. But I wonder if HBO's like, look, it's the very popular show. People know it. We got to do it because uh, we got to have got to rub them in. And hey it's working. I yeah. hope they um, what? Whoa. What? Uh, Miguel Sapochnik is leaving House of the Dragon. No, I just read it right now. Who so the said big that? Sh- Hollywood Reporter: A big shakeup ahead of The Dragon Sopatch is exiting the show after pulling no an exhausting three years of effort in the Game of Thrones prequel. Dragon Coach Ryan Condal will now serve as the show's still showrunner, continuing to work closely with Cody producer Martin. Sopatch also entered into her first book deal with HBO, developed new project as executive producer. Okay, so executive producer, but he's not going to show run And the production has hired Alan Taylor, who did Ned Stark's execution, to be a director and executive producer on season two, working with the Thrones unit for the past few years has been an honor and a privilege, especially spending the last two with the amazing cast and crew of House of the Dragon. Sapochnik says in a statement, I am so proud of what we accomplished and with C, okay. Uh,
1: Wow. You said that's Hollywood Reporter? That's huge news. uh,
2: It is. I'm going to read out Sapochnik's uh, statement. Sapochnik, the guy who runs House of the Dragon with Ryan Condell for the first season has stepped down and he's going to be not really replaced because Ryan Condell is going to stay on as the main showrunner but they're going to hire Alan Taylor who did Baylor, the episode where Ned's head is to uh, direct some stuff next year. And Sapochnik says in a statement, working within the Thrones universe for the past few years has been an honor and a privilege, especially spending the last two with the amazing cast and crew of house of the dragon. I am so proud of what we accomplished with season one and overjoyed by the enthusiastic reaction of our viewers. It was incredibly, it was an incredibly tough to decide to move on, but I know that it is the right choice for me personally and professionally. And as I do so though, I am deeply, deeply comforted to know that Alan will be joining the series. He's someone I've known and respected for a long time and I believe this precious series could not be in safer hands. I am so glad to remain a part of the HBO and House the Dragon family and of course I wish Ryan and his team success and all the best with season 2 and beyond. And there's more statements from uh alan taylor himself he's looking forward to it you can believe it and uh hbo saying yay you've done great work and he's still
1: working at hbo what do you make of that dan i'll be honest i'm kind of in uh slight shock right now because that's Uh just huge news to To just get like, like this just dropped right now, as we're talking on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I'm a huge Miguel Sapochnik fan. That was kind of the thing that got me in the door on being confident about house of the dragon, because he did a lot of my favorite episodes of game of Thrones. I think he did a lot of some of, some of the best. Yeah. Hard home. Hard home is one of my favorites. Uh So that was really exciting. It's weird to think of him leaving the show, but I can also see how, The dynamic might allow for that a little more than like, say, if David Benioff or Dan Weiss had left, like they were building the show kind of in, in an equal partnership. And from everything we've heard so far, the dynamic with House of the Dragon is kind of... George R. R. Martin helped create it. It was his idea. Ryan Condal is the keeper of the lore and the storytelling and the writing. And then Miguel Sapochnik brought the directorial eye to the show to kind of help marry those concepts to a really compelling series. So I think it's interesting because- Sapochnik is leaving as showrunner. Alan Taylor is stepping in as a director and executive producer, but he will not be a showrunner on House of the Dragon. Condal is now the sole showrunner of the show, still working closely with George R. R. Martin. I just think that's that's huge news. I'm not sure how to feel about it. You're getting our our unbridled um, live reactions here, people. So yeah, I I I feel shook. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about it and let us know in the comments how do you guys feel um yeah that's big i mean and the job but now when we're talking about this whew, i mean it's clearly
2: yeah. not an it's clearly an amicable split so it's not like he quit or anything yeah but um i'm just I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed of course i i i love that guy and i mean obviously he already directed everything for season one so season one's in the can i mean maybe it was a ton yeah. of work I remember him saying that he was hesitant that he was hesitant to get involved with the show in the first place because he'd, you know, worked in Westeros for a long time already. He did the long night,
1: you he know, a that's like long stuff, 55 weeks of, or 55 days of night shoots.
2: Heading forward, they are going to be doing some insane kind of big set piece stuff. Maybe he didn't want to be involved in that again for like three years of his life. while his kids, you know, go to elementary school, middle, high, college and have families of their own, miss, miss all of it. Um, but it's disappointing. I hope it goes. I hope it turns out well. The show's doing really well. I'm sure they'll invest in whatever they need to to make it good. That's too bad because he was very talented.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting house of the dragon season two is going to be a very different beast. I think I'm so curious to see what they do for it, because we have this dynamic of skipping through time on season one, presumably season one is going to end with the dance of the dragons war starting, and then Mm -hmm. it becomes much more linear. Um, Then we're instead of looking at 28 years of time over season one, we're looking at two years for the entire war two, two to three years. And that is going to be split potentially over one or two seasons. We don't know uh, if the show is going to run three or four. So, yeah, man, that's some big news. Some big news. Some big news. I'm in shock. I can understand why he would leave. He betrayed us. But um, I'll read more about it later.
2: OK, so we should move on, I think, because we have a big thing to get to today. Although um, we could yeah. just sit here in 10 minutes of shock silence, if, we, if you like, make some good um, Internet huh. TV. OK, yeah, that might be good. So, Daniel. Before that news bomb dropped, our main talking point today was going to be Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, which is a new Amazon series set in the second age of Middle Earth coming to Amazon Prime Video this Friday and maybe Thursday depending on where you live um huge yeah. series hundreds of millions of dollars spent on it Jeff Bezos's little precious baby um you and I have both seen the first two
1: episodes and I guess the question yes. is what'd you think yeah I've been psyched for this because again sticking with the unbridled thoughts we haven't really talked about this between us yet I went in expecting it to be bad or mm-hmm. really nervous it would be bad I think uh, A lot of fans are in that position where they just don't know what to expect. And the idea of Amazon, which is kind of unproven with these kinds of enormous shows, what they would do with something like this. But pleasantly surprised, I think I loved it. I enjoyed it a lot. I've been thinking about it basically (laughs) since I saw it for days. It's it's very cinematic. It feels more like watching movies to me than television, like in the way it's shot and in, in the scope of the scenes in the soundtrack, which I could gush about for the next 40 you minutes. Do love Bear the McCreary. Soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I do. I think the soundtrack does a ton of heavy lifting for this show. Like it's one of the things that makes it not feel like regular television because it has like a movie score. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. It, I, I think it has some challenges ahead, like getting us as invested in the characters. Cause it feels to me a little like the main character they're getting us invested in is middle earth. We're back in middle earth. Ooh. Enjoy it. But overall, yeah, I loved it. What, what did you think? I what enjoyed it. I mean, this? so you are like a
2: music college graduate. I think I'm not putting words in your mouth. No, that's true. The music <laughs> hit you, I guess for me with music, like, unless it's, I don't like, Noticeably bad, or like maybe spectacularly good. I don't really notice it. I liked the music. Okay. I, it, okay. N- none, of, none of it offended me. I can't say I remember it. Like I can't hum That's a tune good. from it. But it was nice. Uh, bottom line is, Julie's looking forward to it. I liked it too, Julie. I really did. I watched the first few episodes. Uh, the first one was a bit sleepy. Um, they were kind of introducing things. The second yeah. one I liked a lot more. And um, I like how bright it is. I like how it almost feels a little more like Game of Thrones in some ways than House of the Dragon does. Because, whereas House of the Dragon sort of preserves the kind of grimy, gritty, shocking tone of Game of Thrones... Um, how, uh, the, the rings of power is this thing where we have lots of different characters spread out all over the map and they're all kind yes. of on their own little tracks and they're going to intersect eventually, but we, we don't know how. And it kind of, it, it, yeah. it does feel like, like, like soap opera, but, um, make it million, dollars million fantasy big. It looks amazing. Like, I know we talked yeah. a lot about like how much money they're spending, but you really do see it. Whether they're stranded you in the do. middle of the ocean or the hobbits are building a whole village or the orcs look great. The orc with their long, like <laughs>
1: the orcs are. I was surprised by the orcs. The orc was cool. I liked it. There's a,
2: oh, Casa Doom, the dwarf's place. That was kind of the visual showstopper. And it, it has a lightness to it. You know, s- some people have talked about how um, what's going to win, House of the Dragon or The Rings of Power. Watching The Rings of Power, it's like this is nothing like remotely like House of the Dragon. You know, the one no. is just it's so dark and dour and four C section tastic, and then how? And then The Lord of the Rings is so very buoyant, and it, it does feel like more like a sweeping, fun adventure with these bright, colorful, che- often cheerful characters and kind of um, a more epic posture than this kind of um, yeah. historical fiction, fancy fa- family drama we have in house of the dragon. I really liked it a lot. Um, I did think, I, I guess I agree with you that, you know, I'm not sure I do. Like y- you said that it was more about middle earth than it was the characters. I liked the characters. I liked the yeah. dwarves, especially, I guess some of them are a little bit they were great. Um, kind of a uh, plain second fiddle to some of the environments and just, the 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 huge fact of the show but i thought some of them punch through
1: yeah i agree with that that's what you just said is pretty much how i feel like In terms of maybe slightly playing second fiddle to the punch of here we are, look at Kazad Doom. Like, right? That's the first thing you said was Kazad Doom was a showstopper, not Durin the Fourth is a showstopper. That's true. Although I did like him; he was great. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think the characters are good. There are some that are hit or miss. I didn't love Arondir and Bronwyn, who are a human village healer and elf warrior. This is not spoilers. It's been very plainly talks about in the marketing that they have like a star-crossed romance because every Tolkien story needs to have an elf and non-elf mixed romance because Tolkien did that in the Silmarillion. So everyone goes back to that and we'll find some way to insert one. I'm shocked you recall their names, honestly. They were so dull. I don't remember most of, there are definitely a lot of names I don't remember. The only reason I remember theirs. Is because I've written about them a few times now. But like Nori, Nori was probably my favorite character. She's the main Harfoot character. The Harfoots, which are basically like prehistoric hobbits. They are a blast. They are a big part of what gives the show its fun vibe at times. Like this is the kind of thing, you know, a while back we did like parents guides for some shows like House of the Dragon. The parents guide was basically, why are you considering watching this with your kid? (laughs) You should seek help. The Rings of Power is the kind of thing you could watch with kids. And I don't mean that to knock it. It's still sophisticated and enjoyable, but it is just that accessible like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, that there's nothing that's going to give people like stress nightmares or trigger them like Emma Aaron's birth scene or anything like that. I agree with you that these are different enough shows that they totally can coexist. Oh, 100%. I'm just, I mean,
2: I feel like uh, the Rings of the Power having two showrunners, House of the Dragon having two showrunners, Game of Thrones having two showrunners. I guess that just kind of was set by Game of Thrones. They're doing it because the shows are such big endeavors. I'm just worried about Ryan Condell. I'm worried about House of the Dragon now. I'm going back to that. I can't help it. You need two yeah, people on this. that's fair. Uh, but the show is good. The Rings of Power is fun. I'm hearing people, um, Julie asked how many episodes are there. There are eight, Julie, to start off with. Joanne, go into our theater, yeah. to see the two episodes in forty minutes. Oh, really? Tonight? Oh, oh nice. have fun, Joanne. I think they yeah, they are enjoy. well. They would work on the big screen quite well. I think. I hope you enjoy it, and tell us what you thought. And as for LCH, Jeremy saying not expecting much, saw some really bad reviews, and already Bezos doing damage control. That statement about showrunners not listening to his advice. I mean, I read that. I got more of the idea he was just kind of being self-deprecating and having a little fun with the press. And the reviews are yeah. pretty good from what I've seen. Um, at least what I've seen. And our reviews are solid.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen too many really like outright negative reviews. That Bezos quote, That is, yeah, that was totally a joke. He made at his own expense at the London premiere. It's not an actual statement he put out as damage control. Yeah, I don't know, man. LCH, Jeremy, I'm curious to hear what you think of this show once you see it. Because I'll be honest, like from the trailers, the trailers are abysmal compared to the show. But I can't think of a recent (laughs) example of marketing doing such a bad job to sell me on a show that was actually great (laughs) as the rings of power because with the trailers with the marketing i was just expecting it to be kind of bad or garbage or like cw elves which is something someone said to me that i can't unhear and it's it was none of those things. It was much better than I expected. So yeah, I'm curious to see what how people react to this and if that pleasant surprise spreads because there's a lot of stuff to like.
2: I I, I liked it a lot, and I think folks are going to like it because it is very big and bold and and fun and pretty. Will it be enough to kind of a uh say not save amazon but like from what i heard this is basically what amazon's betting the farm on like this show has to be the best show they've ever done or they're going to rethink some things like they'll still make content of course but um If this show isn't the biggest show in the history of Amazon, I I think they're probably going to pull back from the big expenditures like this.
1: I think that's fair. Honestly, I I read that recently, too, that this is kind of like they're going to rethink their streaming strategy if this doesn't work because they've wanted a water cooler show so Mm -hmm. bad that can, you know, break out of of its niche market like the boys is great, like the boys and the
2: wheel of time kind of. They both have their fans, but didn't quite get there.
1: Exactly. And I think if they can't do it with this show, I don't know what they can do it with because, like, I think that's fair. They spent a half a billion dollars almost on this season of television. And it's, I think it shows. I think it shows that oh, they've put so much shows. effort in, into this and so much money into this. A lot is going to depend on where it goes from here. You know, I can't vouch to the overall story of the thing quite yet. But from what I've seen, this feels like it should be their swing for the fences. This doesn't work. There's something wrong. I mean, I am intrigued by it because uh,
2: those trailers showed us that the weirdest thing was the bearded man who falls to Middle Earth in a comet. Just like I know the Lord of the Rings pretty well. That's a new one. And I was intrigued by the trailers and I'm intrigued by it now that I've gotten more details, but still not enough. Yeah, Who is that guy? Same. I know that we can't like talk fully about it, but like, is there anything, do you have any speculation you can do right now that doesn't break embargo?
1: Who is that guy? I mean, not anything that we haven't said. Is he some, is it the, the Valar? I, I think he's a demigod of some kind. That, that's my guess for him. Because, you know, if you're not a demigod, you probably don't survive falling out of the sky like that. Yeah, I don't have any too strong theories about that yet. I'm very curious to see where it goes. uh, This show feels really unpredictable, which I like. Like, have you thought about that at all? Just how House of the Dragon, it's like we have a set like source material and like very clear trajectory for what Uh the show's about. And the Rings of Power, it's like, you know, Sauron's going to come back at some point because sure. we know that from the the Lord of the Rings movies. But beyond that, like, I have no idea what's going to happen for most of this show beyond some yeah. some big bullet points. How about you? They have um, a
2: nice kind of a fan of characters that uh, we don't know who they are. Like, yeah. yeah. They, they're doing a good job of working within the limits of um, the source material because the Second Age is very kind of vague So they can, even if I know... Well, I don't know what Galadriel is in the second age, really, even though oh, I know that Numenor will fall eventually because that's in this, that's a, like a 40 year old book. It's not a spoiler. That's the main thing, main thing
1: of the second age, really.
2: But they're able to navigate it in a way that isn't, that I don't know what's going to happen really in the details at all. And even in the broad strokes, I only know the broadest strokes. And that's and that's still yeah. not enough for me to get lethargic or bored. I was going to say one thing about that Comet Man. He better not be one of the wizards. He better not be Gandalf or Saruman or, or any of those guys because that would violate canon. And I'm not going to stand for that. The wizards came at the beginning of the Third Age and they came on boats and Gandalf met Círdan and Círdan gave him one of the rings. I forget which one. And he was like, here, take this. He did not come in a Comet. That is against what was written and it better not be gandalf
1: i you know i can get behind what if what if he came on a comet he didn't come on a comet he hung out with Harfoots to explain why he enjoys hobbit company so much and then he took one boat away so he could take a different boat back later what
2: what is that he like sailed around the tip to just go back to the gray havens no stupid no he didn't come that it, it is stupid I hope that doesn't happen. I'm not the kind of guy who gets really up in arms about canon violations, but that one is set down explicitly. He comes in the third age, not before, not during the second. So I'm just worried. He's like a, he's like a magic beard man. I don't want them to do anything.
1: Yeah. Silly. I am hopeful that it's not a wizard. I, I do agree with you on that because I think there's just so much more for them to explore that is actually based in the second age. Yeah. And, yeah. How would having someone like Gandalf change things like that showdown at Mount Doom, which we saw at the beginning of the Lord of the Rings movies where a door goes to throw the ring in and he can't do it? How would that have changed if Gandalf was just there chilling? So, yeah, I hope that's not the route they go. I hope this is something else. I think you told me it can't be Tom Bombadil, which makes me a little sad because give us some Tom Bombadil. Well, I mean... I guess it could,
2: because he's so. Yeah. What? What is he? But there's no reason. There's no compelling reason for it to be.
1: Is there ever a reason for Tom Bombadil? No. <laughs>
2: Julie asks, "Um, what you going to do about it? I'm going to rage, and I'm going to get angry. I'm going to wave my arms in the air until I get some attention. That's what I'm going to do about it. That's it right. He's
1: going to watch the Rings of Power and or House of the Dragon instead. And sulk.
2: Yeah. Cosmic Armor Superman asks you, Daniel, uh, is there any update on Halo season two?
1: Is there? I know it's been renewed for a second season. Uh, The latest thing I heard is that Paramount is starting to think of it as a bigger franchise and consider other stories in that universe, Um, which makes me a little nervous, but it's kind of what all the studios are doing. I believe Halo is if it hasn't started shooting season two yet, it will be soon. I, I believe it was scheduled too late in the summer. So yeah, Halo Halo season two is in production. It is definitely happening. I'm excited for that. I enjoyed the first, that's another one where I expected to be total garbage. And sure. for the record, not as good as the Rings of Power. Out of the gate, <laughs> the Rings of Power is a much better show than Halo uh-huh. was, but I enjoyed Halo a a lot more than I expected to. So we, we will have updates on that when there are some more for sure. Cool. We will. And Julie
2: says that will help. It will help. People are going to pay attention to me. They can't ignore, ignore this. They can't not. Yeah. Daniel, does do you have anything that you're watching lately or anybody out there? Anything you're watching that you want to um, sound off about?
1: Oh, man. I mean, House of the Dragon and and the Rings of Power. Yeah, more or less. Obviously. Who has time for other things? Who has time? No. What else? else? I finished The Sandman, um, which I liked a lot. The Dream of a Thousand Cats did not disappoint. Been keeping up with She-Hulk, which I've been enjoying. It's a Marvel show, but it's a really fun Marvel show, which I think is maybe where Marvel does their Marvel thing best is when they're embracing the fact but they're fun. And I also saw the Black Phone, Ethan Hawke movie, horror movie, kidnapping supernatural story based on a short story by Joe Hill. That was excellent. Uh, the writer and director from Doctor Strange returned cool. to do that. They all, they did sinister with ethan hawk it was like one of their all of their first movie they all did together they got the band back together for the black phone and it was great i heard
2: it was good yeah what about you dan what you been watching same as you just um i'm same as you. house the dragon the rings of power i watched the rehearsal on hbo which i'm finding very interesting have
1: you heard of that at all i've heard of it i haven't watched it
2: that's where um nathan felder does like a reality show scripted combo where he I don't know how to explain it. It's unpredictable and weird. I'm going to watch more of it. Okay. You know, watching more of the Orville here and there. Watch that Harley Quinn show. They renewed new today. So that's, that's cute. That's a fun little 20 minute. How is that? It's fun. I like it a lot. Um, I don't always like adult cartoons, but when I do, I like that one. It's funny. You know, it's zippy. It's got good punchlines. The jokes come fast and furious. I, I like a good fast joke show. Yeah, that's about it. And I'm glad it's sticking around. As Julie says, she's watching House of the Dragon. If you should try it.
1: It's quite good. <laughs> nice. W- way to, way to. Sling free advertising for the show. Enjoy it. I might check it out, Julie. I'll I'll, I'll see if I can fit it into my schedule. All right, Maybe. Beyond that, anything else Jim, before we go to our final segment? I don't think so. I don't think so. Those are the main things I've been watching. Are there any movies coming out? I guess Spider-Man's Probably. back in theaters or it's about to be with it the is? more fun stuff. Will you go see that? Ten minutes of extra footage, I think. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I don't know if I'll go see it. I will probably go see Avatar. The first Avatar is being re-released in theaters, I believe, next month too. And if you have never seen Avatar in a theater with the 3D glasses, it is a totally different experience and very worth the time. I think when I saw it in 2009, I saw it in a 3D
2: theater, but I didn't have any 3D glasses. I believe that's true.
1: You You really,
2: you should go see it. I thought it was an interesting directorial choice to have Two kind of pictures, a, a kind of just right next to each other, but slightly apart. The entire yeah. way
1: through, I thought it was kind of cool. But yeah,
2: it's on the horizon beyond that. Daniel, shall we go on to our Wick News Lightning Round, a world famous one?
1: Let us lightning. I think right. it's a good time.
2: This is when we go over a succession of stories we did not have time to get to in the main body of the show and give our twenty-second reactions. Daniel, who's going first? Uh, this yes. time,
1: I think you asked me. F- First, it doesn't make too huge a difference. You ask me because I want to talk about this one.
2: Um, Daniel, I'm sorry to say that Netflix has canceled um its Resident
1: Evil show. Are you in mourning? Uh no, I shed exactly zero tears. I did not enjoy <laughs> that show. I've just been playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. Instead, it is a much better Resident Evil. I'm not too sad to see the show go. Not a huge surprise. It had very little in common with the games. And we're out. Take that, buzzer. That was the last we real- ever discuss resident evil on this thing okay all right dan so the umbrella academy speaking of things that were not canceled the umbrella academy was renewed for a fourth and final season which is what they wanted was to end with season four at netflix are you overjoyed not overjoyed but I'm happy for them um i think
2: i I think it's a good show and um we're kind of a lot of networks put bets on these big shows in the last couple of years and not all of them are really sustainable for like the long haul, but I'm glad it's going to, it's going to go out on its own terms. And it was yeah, a fun totally. show. It was a good show and uh good for it. Goodbye. Umbrella Academy. Bye. <laughs> nice. All right. And Daniel. Okay. Uh, Stranger things season five, the writers have revealed that we're going to have eight episodes of the fifth and final season of stranger things. That's right. Right.
1: Yeah. Eight episodes. Uh, The writer's room revealed a picture that had a whiteboard. They're planning out the episodes and there are eight of them. Um, I, I think this is fine. I am not uh, sad or anything. It won't be nine. That's kind of in stranger things format. It shifts back and forth between eight and nine episodes every other season. So (laughs) sounds good to me but they forgot to mention is episode eight will be five hours long. Sure, yeah. All right, Dan. So, George R.R. R. Martin, the writer of A Song of Ice and Fire, creator of House of the Dragon, all those other titles that we know and love so well, he wanted Game of Thrones wow. to run 10 seasons or more, perhaps 12 or 13. Would you have tuned in for 13 seasons? No, I don't think the
2: show would have. I don't think that would have been a good move for the show. Um, George R. R. Martin tends toward um, large, and that's fine. Um, and I, I wanted more of the show. I didn't want that much more of the show. I think there is something to be said for knowing for like being able to pay something well and get out when you're under the top. So that would have been too yeah. much. But I'm glad I got what it did. I'm over. Should have gotten more, but not that much more. Daniel, speaking of speaking of. As far as talking about things that are extended to um, greater sizes, his dark materials producer, I think it's, Jane Trapman or something, uh, wishes the show could have run for nine seasons, even though it's going to end (laughs) with the upcoming third, which apparently is hard to adapt, according to author Philip Pullman.
1: Yeah. um, So I don't think she really wanted it to be nine seasons. She's just kind of saying she wishes it could have gone on longer. But they've done a season of book. It's the right amount. Uh, They've kind of stretched out some bits. And yeah, Yeah, Philip Pullman. He apologized to the creative team on the show because book three. He said, "I left some problems for you guys because book three is complicated," which is fair. The amber spyglass. That's right. It's going to have those uh, weird elephant creatures. I don't remember the name of. They ride around on wheels. Neither do I. Mulefa. Mulefa. <laughs> that's it. All right. So, from Mulefa to Ezra Miller. So Ezra Miller. He tried. <laughs> tried to make nice with the Warner Brothers studio execs after going what basically amounts to a multi-country-wide <laughs> crime spree. Not multi-country. Oh, multi-state? It was like
2: Hawaii and then like the Northeast, but not, not different countries, yes. Okay. But I mean, like a wide geographical distance. I mean, Ezra Miller, what a story. This person just getting arrested, throwing chairs at people, grooming kids. Um, wants bad. to save the Flash movie, basically, accused of all those things. Um, so they've made nice with the executives, just apologize. Um, I think it'll probably work, honestly. I think yep. they've put enough resources into this that they'll want to salvage that movie. Okay. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Love the elephant emoji, Julie. Thank you. Okay. Oh, here's, a, here's, a, here's an interesting one J.K. Rowling, apparently, according to her, turned down appearing in the Harry Potter reunion special. Um, Because she wanted to, not because she wasn't, she was shut out. This is what she is claiming in a new interview.
1: Yeah. So there was the Harry Potter movie reunion special on HBO Max. Um, J.K. Rowling wrote the books. She's come under a lot of controversy for basically anti-trans rhetoric. Um, And yeah, apparently we all assumed she just wasn't asked. She says she was asked, but it was about the the movies, not the books. So she just decided... maybe 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 she'd sit this one out not sure if i believe her but that's fair i'm not sure if i believe her either but whatever it's not that important 80 20 split yes 80 20 (laughs) all right uh so we're gonna end on some good news uh which i will probably butcher the pronunciation of so jack gleason uh who played joffrey baratheon in game of thrones he got married to his longtime girlfriend, uh, actress and comedian Roisin O'Mahony. It went better than the purple wedding. Uh, yeah, I mean, because he
2: didn't die. Um, yeah, uh, good for him. Good for Joffrey. Good for Jack Gleason. He got married. Um, I'm sure the wedding was very nice. Nobody died. His uh, fiance's grandmother didn't poison him and kill him. So good for him. Happy, yay, marriage and life stuff. Go yeah. Joffrey. I also got one question from, um, uh, J- Julie is all the emoji today, just on it. Like everywhere. Nice. cosmic armor. Superman asks what movie are you most excited for? Marvel's black Panther or DC's black Adam. I mean, for me, Bla- th- that black Panther trailer looks really cool. So I'm actually sort of looking forward to it, uh, which I didn't think I would be because Marvel was kind of tired on it, but-, but I liked that trailer a lot. The one I sort of, I think it was Comic Con, so I'm looking forward to that one more.
1: Daniel, I yeah, I mean, I I kind of scoff scoff to myself when you read that question because it's just no contest for me. It's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, all the way. That is going to be a special movie, even though Marvel has kind of ground itself into the ground a little bit with it's constant content mill it's the same director writer who did the first black panther but kind of all the things they went through in that production with the loss of chadwick boseman and basically having to rewrite the whole movie i think that's gonna that's gonna be a special one so definitely that sorry to the rock yeah I'm pretty curious. The rock will be just fine.
2: And that yeah. is our show, everybody. We are doing, we're here every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winter Is Coming Facebook page and the Winter Is Coming a YouTube page, where we just do this. Rap about all things, <laughs> sci-fi fantasy, movies, and television. We are also doing special shows on Sunday nights after each and every new episode of House of the Dragon, where we review the new episode the second after it's over. Um, look for us the same places, the Facebook and YouTube page. Pretty much after they're done, we're going to try to go a little uh, sooner this time. So when they're done, we'll have a waiting room open, yes. hopefully already. And um, we're going to go into it lickety-split. And beyond that, we are also available in podcast form, wherever podcasts are available, be that Google Play, iTunes or elsewhere. That's our show. Thanks for coming. Uh, hope you have a good night, Miguel, and pray for House of the Dragons season two.
1: Goodbye. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighter. Join our community of over 300 sites, from sports, to pop culture and everything in between.